Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of the day it is you are joining us for this. This is the Tulsa World Scene podcast. Um, I'm joined here as I am regularly by the lovely and talented Jimmy Trammell and the lovelier and talented Grace Wood. And we are here to talk about whatever uh, has been uh, occupying us over the past week that we will be sharing in the pages of the Tulsa World available at fine newsstands everywhere or online at tulsaworld.com. Um, before we get to, to, to our local stuff, we do want to um, um, make, make, make notice of, 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 of a national uh, tragedy. Um, the Chaco Taco has been discontinued. Um, how many of there was there only three of us? Which of you have have actually had a Chaco Taco, and how long ago was it? Um, I can vividly remember my last Chaco Taco. Um, I used to go to summer camp every year, and um, I would bring a few dollars, or all the kids would bring a few dollars with us to the camp to purchase things from like the camp canteen, like little snacks and stuff. And I remember um, really budgeting out my money so I could get a Choco Taco every week when the canteen opened. And I remember it being a very fond memory and also very messy. They they really do get messy, but it was always worth it. So RIP Choco Taco. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear for the people who don't know, Choco Taco was not number 19 on the Casablanca menu as some kind of entree. <laughs> It is a dessert snack. It's ice cream, basically in a waffle shell taco type thing. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, I've, I've had one. I think we did a, like maybe a, uh, a five defined ice cream treats maybe several years ago. And I, and I sampled many things from an ice cream truck. You know, take one for the team, fell in the hand grenade for the sake of us all. And uh, I had not had one until then. It was surprisingly really good. I, it, it, I, I'm trying to think. I, oh dear, I, I, decades is is what I is what I recall. But what what and uh, what I what I recall is expecting the shell to, and I don't know why. I guess, but anyway, expecting the shell to be crunchy like a waffle cone, and instead it was more kind of gordita type you know it was kind of soggy and and you and it and and because of that as as grace pointed out you bite into it and everything shoots out the back um so don't don't ever you you, you were you could always tell somebody having their very first one because they took it completely out of the wrapper mm. rookies yeah. yeah rookies yeah noobs so um but looking at looking at at it now, and like I said, I, I I had not given it any thought until you know they announced that it was discontinued. Um, that it was actually light ice cream is how it's built. It's light ice cream in a sugar waffle cone taco with chocolate flavored. Um, swirl and chocolate flavored topping and peanuts. So the only thing that is not the only the, 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 the only food 
or, or ingredient list that or ingredients in the list that isn't modified are the little chunks of peanuts that are sprinkled into the into the chocolatey filling. So who who knows what was in the thing? And I think I think one reason why it was popular is just simply it's fun to, it's fun to say you know you know I'll have a choco taco. I mean you you can't help but kind of laugh when you when you when you say that and then you know you take the first bite and you start to cry but anyway <laughs> um well so the, the choco taco is dead long live the choco taco but honestly in the world of fast food treat and treats does anything really die i mean they're like comic book heroes you know, I I took a McRib out at the and at the stroke of midnight, shot it with a silver bullet, and the thing still comes back. <laughs> so I have a I I I'm 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 thinking that in some way, shape, or form, we'll see the Choco Taco again. Yeah, Molly Crew said they would never perform again after their farewell tour, right? And now they're performing again. So I know they've they Taco said, Taco, you're on deck. I know some things have said goodbye more often than the Judds. But anyway, um, well, um, speaking of something that uh, came of age or came into being in the in the the mid century, um, Grace, you have something about uh, a, a another unusual bit of mid century creation. Yes. Um, so for this Saturday, I have a short story about a really unique home that recently came up for sale in Tulsa. Um, it's called the Osher House. Um, it's a really just beautiful, unique home that was built in 1963 by the architect Blaine Emel. And he was a protege of the famous architect Bruce Goff, who has created so many iconic pieces of Tulsa architecture that we know today. Um, and this home is really unlike any I've ever written about before. Um, it's a mid-century modern home, and it's just full of really colorful glass accents, natural stone, and cool tile work, and just tons of windows that really allow the natural light to come through and almost create like a kaleidoscope effect in the house. Um, I read another article about it that sort of described it as like being in a jewelry box, and some have also called it the Flintstone house because of all the stone that's used. Um, and to me, it almost feels like being inside an aquarium <laughs> or a natural terrarium of sorts with all the beautiful colors and natural materials that are used. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a really cool home. I'm excited to see, you know, what happens with it. I could see it being made into like a cool destination Airbnb or something. So who knows what the future holds for it. But um, the realtors have provided us with some really stunning photos of the home. So if you want to see what we've been talking about and learn more about the home's history, it'll be in this Saturday's Tulsa World as well as on our website. Grace has had the Jetsons house now and the Flintstones house. And I, I did some quick research and found out that the Flintstones did predate the home by three years. Uh, so maybe there was some Flintstones inspiration. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> but uh you know, what, what next? Like the, the Yogi Bear house, the, uh, you know, the Laugh Olympics house. I don't know. I know. I think this is my new beat now. I'm just, I'm loving these weird home stories. I, I think I'm going to keep pursuing them. <laughs> well, there, 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 there are, there are, I know that there are some, some, 
odd things out. There's oddly enough, speaking of the Jetsons, I came across something somebody had shared that apparently the character of George Jetson, the father in the cartoon series, was born in July of 2020 or 2022. Mm. So, you know, where, where, you know, where, where is the spaceship that, that collapses into the briefcase? I'm waiting for that. <laughs> so in, in like 16 years, we can look forward to the, to the coming of Jet Screamer, who, as you know, said eep op or ga means, uh, I love you. Yeah. Oh, eep okay. op or uh-uh. Yeah. Never mind. I went way off on a Jetsons tangent there and lost everyone. So get, please <laughs> go back. Well, we, uh, we like you, Jimmy, as a friend. Um, so. <laughs> I'll, I'll fix that. Okay. All right. Well, um, speaking of, 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 of fixing, you have, uh, uh, you, you, you will be fixing us with a, a new, another preview of Rever- Reservation Dogs coming up. Is that right? Yeah, there's a Friday premiere, red carpet premiere at River Spirit Casino. And some of the actors will be there along with Sterling Harjo. Uh, which is awesome. I mean, I can count on, uh, you know, one hand how many red carpet premieres we get here for anything. So that's cool. But uh, uh, in advance of this, I got a phone interview with Wes Studi, who surprised us all when he popped up as the character Bucky in the episode, uh, fifth episode last year, Come and Get Your Love. And Bucky will be returning to season two of Reservation Dogs. Uh, love the show. I wish everyone on the show first season would come back. He said, maybe I'll get my wish. So uh, we'll meet a little bit of West Studi as it pertains to uh, Reservation Dogs on Friday in Friday's Tulsa World. And then we'll have a bigger story, a longer story on West Studi in the next issue of Tulsa World Magazine. Okay. All right. Well, um, one of the things that um, is not also not quite ready for Republic consumption, but we'll have a, a, an update on is uh, what is now being billed as the Jazz Depot, uh, the, the old uh, Tulsa Union Station that uh, was the home of the Jazz Hall of Fame for a number of years and um, has 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 had an unfortunately checkered past, but they are, uh, there's a new group of people behind it. Uh, they are going to be uh, emphasizing the um, the art deco quality uh, of of the uh, of the structure and and emphasize that in the interior and we'll have a a little story about about that uh, we'll try to talk with the uh, the architect and later we'll, do, we'll 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 be able to get a uh, actual walk around in in probably early next month and we'll do a bigger story on that well, you, you mentioned that we haven't had a whole lot of uh, red carpet uh, moments, but uh, certainly we had one about 40 years ago, did we not? Or, we did. or, did, that not, or, did, or did, did that happen here? There was a premiere of this film that you're mentioning in 1982. Uh, Tex uh, was filmed in Tulsa. I should say filmed primarily in Bixby and Broken Arrow, some parts of it in Tulsa, but uh this was the first of three movies based on S.C. Hinton books that were filmed in Tulsa in basically slam-bang fashion because you had Tex in 1982, you had uh, The Outsiders in 1983, and again, Rumblefish 
also 1983, just bang, 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 S.C. Hinton films. But uh, text the movie that started it all is 40 on Saturday. And they will have a movie on the lawn screening on the outsider, at the Outsiders House Museum Saturday night if anybody wants to go see it. And I've got a Sunday story uh, with an interview from the film's director, Tim Hunter. And also weighing in is, uh, you know, the, the author who started it all, S.C. Hinton, has responded to my questions as well about this. So uh, I, I write long, so hopefully people can, uh, can write, enjoy uh, this long story I've written Sunday about text. People from Tulsa should watch it not just because it was filmed here, everything else. Uh, I saw the Camelot Inn, right? I saw Bell's Amusement Park. I saw Woodland Hills Mall, what it looked like in 1981. So it was cool to see those things uh, just as kind of a local Easter eggs for those of us who grew up around here. Well, now, um, do you think that Tex has kind of gotten kind of a kind of a, a short shrift because of the the star power of Francis Ford Coppola and his two films about with the of the outsiders and and, and rumblefish that Texas you know kind of was you know the little the little film that that kind of got pushed aside because of these all, all, all the press about about the outsiders primarily well it's interesting because the common denominator besides Hinton is Matt Dillon, who was in all three films. Right. And uh, and Grace and James, it, text deserves to be historically significant because uh, cover your eyes, hide your ears, text was the first PG Disney movie ever. Disney had never gone down the PG road before. And so text kind of pushed some boundaries. Of you. And it, it Honestly, it's tame now. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's going to rile anybody up. But you heard some language you didn't hear in some uh, Disney movies. You saw some references to drug use. Uh, one of the characters accidentally uh, gets shot. So it wasn't Son of Flubber. It was uh, something different as Disney tried to kind of grow up and branch out. And for that reason, I think it's uh, historically significant. Okay. Well, and it, was it also... Uh, Matt Dillon's breakout role, or had he had he established himself before that? I'm, 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 He'd I'm, been in three movies before that. Uh, the first one, uh, the direct, the Texas director wrote the film. That's where he met him, and then after that film, uh, he shot uh, My Bodyguard and Little Darlings with Christy McNichol and Tatum O'Neill, and then came Tex, which was his fourth movie. Okay, all right. There was something else you mentioned I was going to ask about, but oh well. Uh, I'm getting old and, and, and things things uh, slip away, so ah well. Um, we started out with food. I'll finish up with 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 a, a, a sort of a teaser of what we've got coming up next week. Our review will be of uh, Tacos Los Hermanos. Uh, this is the new uh, location. Uh, it's uh, the original location is on uh, 21st Street and 129th, uh, and on the east side. And it's been there for a number of years, and they've just now taken over a spot on uh, Admiral Boulevard that uh, uh, 
a, a lot of things, a, a lot of restaurants has pa passed through this little square building, and I hope that they will be able to be able to last a little longer than most. So, but we'll we'll have that coming up in a future issue of the Tulsa World. Where is this located at? It, um, it, it well, it's on. Uh, it's between Memorial and Sheridan. Um, it used at one point it was uh, the west the western or the eastern outlet of of Linda Marr Burgers. Okay. And then it was a chicken place called Cluckers with a K mm -hmm. um, that uh, all the other members of my family liked because they could get both fried chicken livers and fried chicken gizzards there. Um, that particular um, gene uh, passed me by, thank goodness. But um, my, my, my late wife was in the medical field and she refused to eat, quote, anything that filters the blood of another creature. So she has what, a point. What is a Maybe. gizzard? Grace, do you have a gizzard? Does James have a gizzard? I mean, I don't know. What is a gizzard? Um, you know, I don't know, but I do. Have you guys heard of the band King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard? <laughs> No, was that in Harry Potter or something? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> they're a real band and they're really good. So when you said gizzard, that's what I thought of. But they're just like one of those jam bands who like each song is like 11 minutes long and they release like five albums a year. They're like extremely prolific. Wow. Yeah. And I'm going to see them on Halloween. So huh. well, if, 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 they're, if, they're, if they're putting out, you know, 10, 15 minute songs, I mean, you know, that fills up fills up a disc pretty fast. You only have to, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Now, if, if if memory serves me right, and I did not look this up, a gizzard is an organ in which a chicken stores. I don't think I want to finish this because it gets kind of it might it might it might put you off your feed for this evening. Okay. Suffice it to say, it's a part of the chicken that normally gets thrown out. So, right. so anyway. So that's and then then it became a, a, a diner called the Ansana Cafe, and that was the last place that it was before it's now Tacos Los Hermanos. So, okay. So anyway, but yeah, back to the subject at hand. Well, we have we have we have uh, rambled as probably as much as as we as as we should at this particular point in time. So, um, on behalf of uh, my colleagues Jimmy Trammell and Grace Wood. We wish you a good day and a pleasant tomorrow. And thank you, Miss Ellerbach, wherever you may be. Behave. Bye.